I want people to understand that every child is an individual, and we, as we all are, and that's really the time to let your children be free and be who they are and discover who they are, not limit them by the clothing choices that they make or that make you feel uncomfortable, which is the self-reflection part. If something is making you feel uncomfortable but not your child, you need to ask yourself some questions about that. That's Elizabeth Bruner, founder of Stereotype. Stereotype is a clothing brand for kids envisioning a new world free from limits on expression and joy. They created the concept of blended fashion, which breaks down gender boundaries to create fun and functional clothing that supports a child's unique style. In this episode, we talk about being introverted as a founder, embracing chaos, and trying everything. I'm Maureen Taylor, and this is Think Like a Founder. What did you want to be when you were a little kid? I don't know if I had one particular thing I wanted to be. I loved dancing. I loved creating. I loved drawing. I, I know that I was definitely drawn to design as a child because I used to spend a lot of time with my mom when she would sew our clothes or our costumes for Halloween, and I would collect all her scraps and make my own clothes for my own dolls. So that was definitely something that was part of my life from a very young age. And so I think I've always known I wanted to be a creative and be an artist. I just didn't define it as a designer until much later. What was so interesting is that you fought becoming a founder, and you didn't necessarily want to be one, but you did feel a calling to it. So tell us about that. Yes, it's true. I did fight being a founder, which is probably strange for a lot of people to hear because you think a founder is somebody that's so excited and really driven to do a business. And while I was driven to do a business, I also thought that my life choice would be to just have a quieter life, maybe write children's books. But the calling became so deep and so loud that I had no choice but to really think about how I wanted to do a business with kids in mind and kids clothing, and then also put my own kids in that realm of thinking in terms of how my founder and also a mother and really align those two things. So it just took a lot of time to align my vision with my purpose in life. So vision and purpose. How did those two things come together for you? The purpose probably came after I had the vision of starting a blended fashion clothing line for kids, which really was observing my own kids and their habits of dressing and what they were naturally drawn to. You know, my son is naturally drawn to pink and sparkle. My daughter is naturally drawn to black and camouflage and dinosaurs. That's who they are. That's who they are in this moment. And I really wanted to create a clothing line that reflected both of them. And that really drove my vision. So really thinking about the purpose behind the line, which is really to advocate for individuality for my own kids, but then for all kids. You've been mission-driven for a while, or it's part of your nature. But founding Stereotype took a lot of courage and self-reflection. Tell us about that. I really thought about stereotype and the larger meaning behind the brand and really just took my time to think about what that would mean for other people. You know, coming up with a name stereotype on its own, I really wanted to have a name that was interesting and provocative, 
but also had multiple meaning. And that's exactly what stereotype is. And we all suffer from either having stereotypes or being judged by stereotypes. So for me, it was reflecting on what that really meant for me, also reflecting on what it meant for me as a parent, and then really thinking about the boundaries that we put our kids in with clothing, with clothing choices, especially gendered, and moving beyond those boundaries. So for me, that's where it started, and it helped me form those first building blocks of the brand. To your point, you just can't judge and try to put people into little squares because people are who they are. And people need room to grow, and children know naturally what they love. They don't need help or direction. So it's even more of a calling for me just in terms of removing barriers that don't work anymore. Also, there are a lot of stereotypes and stereotypical pressure put on people, and especially when it comes to gender and how we look at the world and how we look at our kids. How have you navigated some of these voices? With my own kids having a son that loves sparkle and a daughter that loves dinosaurs, they're not fitting into the stereotypical roles of a boy and a girl. So for me, it was sitting down, being quiet, thinking about what is it about this clothing that really needs to define people to make them feel safe. So sure, I could put my daughter in a dress, but she's not going to be happy in it. And I could put my son in a camo print and he's not going to be happy in it. So why do it? There's a lot of stereotypes that are put on boys and girls in particular. And having a boy and a girl twin really brings that out when I first had them and everybody flooded us with pink and blue. So for me, it was really understanding my own limits, unlearning and moving beyond those limits so that I could be a better parent for my kids and be a better person myself out in the world. Now, you developed this concept, blended fashion. How did you come up with that? I came up with blended fashion after watching my boy-girl twins share clothing from each other's wardrobe and literally would watch them blend their clothing together. And that really gave me a great idea for the concept of the brand, which is this is blended fashion, a mix of boy and girl, equal in value and defined by no one. You know what's great about what you're doing? It's just there's no judgment and it's so open and it's not political. There's something so beautifully natural about what you're saying and doing based on your experience that so many people can identify with. Now, you're introverted and you've talked about wanting a quiet life. Founding a company is anything but that. And have you been able to balance being introverted and the chaos of starting a business? I'm working on it every day, being introverted and more on the shy side. You know, I love to talk to people one-on-one and in small groups and tell them what I'm doing. But when I get in front of a larger audience, I do tend to get more shy. So for me, it's really, I was removing myself from having to do that per se as me and doing it more as like, no, I'm advocating as a parent now. So I'm stepping into the parent role of being a business owner, being a mother and advocating for my own kids. Therefore, all kids, it took on different meaning. It's still not something I'm super comfortable with, but I'm working on it because I have a goal, a larger goal in mind. And that's kind of cool considering yourself the platform for a message to that point, working through fear and the fear of failing or the insecurity about what other people think and obviously not wanting to let yourself or your children down. I mean, there's a lot that helps drive us, but also is hard to deal with. Have you had that experience? 
certainly I have faced failures every single day, but they're not something that I'm letting define me personally. They're just part of learning and building a brand. And for me, it's really just embracing the chaos of what's new and trying to make sense of it and, and just keep moving. You could say it's failure, but it's really learning for me. One of the things that we found from doing this and just over the years working with founders is that you have to stay a student and you're always learning new things. Some of the wasted time from making a mistake or from failing and then feeling bad about it, it is all part of learning. I mean, it's not like you want to make mistakes and mess up every single day, but you take it as something that then directs you in a stronger way. I look at it as just an opportunity to have another day of learning. I mean, sure, it's not fun when you're constantly trying to do something and you feel like you're not getting it, but I just look at it as an opportunity to expand and grow, and that's what I'm doing. I'm expanding and growing as I'm doing this business, and part of that is trying and failing, but if you don't try, then you are failing, so I just look at it that way. Are you having fun? I am having fun. In fact, when I finally said, okay, I'm going to do this brand and I'm going to give it everything I can, I am going to have fun. I'm going to make sure that's at the forefront because it is really important to me. It is a kid's brand. It is really fun. And there is a serious undertone to it. There's a big message, but it's a really fun brand. And my kids really keep me in check and keep me grounded and being fun. While it's fun and it's cool, what is the big message? What is it that you want people to understand? I want people to understand that every child is an individual, as we all are. And that's really the time to let your children be free and be who they are and discover who they are, not limit them by the clothing choices that they make or that make you feel uncomfortable, which is the self-reflection part. If something is making you feel uncomfortable, but not your child, you need to ask yourself some questions about that. And so for me, that's the bigger message. It's individuality all the way. And has anybody objected to that or is the idea of being embraced? It's mostly being embraced. I mean, I've certainly told a few people and I've gotten some strange looks and I think, you know, that's fine. It's not for everyone and it's not meant to be. But the people that do resonate with the brand really resonate loudly and have told me so. So it's been wonderful to hear even people that don't have kids say, you know, I really wanted to wear pink my whole life as a male and I never got to. And now as an adult, I feel like I can wear pink shoes. So it's an amazing thing to hear this kind of feedback from people who have kids and who don't have kids who wish this line was around for them when they were children or for their own kids. So it's been greatly received so far. Now, you draw parallels between parenting and founding a company. And what are the similarities? It can be certainly long, long nights, short days, and it can be tedious, but I believe there's just an ebb and a flow. There's just an ebb and a flow to certain things that you can give your attention to and certain things you can't. Now, obviously, that's tricky when you're a founder because everything is an emergency, needs help, and needs immediate attention. And you really have to pick your battles there. And for me, that's really just making a list of what's important. And same with parenting. It's like, I know I want to be a very present parent. I want my kids to know I'm here and that I'm with them every step of the way. And that is an ebb and flow as well. Carol Bartz, who was CEO of Autodesk, when I was pregnant with our first kid, 
told me about balance and that you can have balance in your life. It's just never all in the same day and that you do have an ebb and flow on priorities. And if you think back to somebody telling you some good advice that you've never forgotten, what was it? My parents did tell me when I was younger, especially in my formative years, when I was trying to figure out what to do after high school, is just to try everything. So for me, it was really just going out and trying as much as I could and, you know, experimenting with ceramics or sculpture or painting and things that I didn't necessarily have a lot of exposure to in my younger years, but had an opportunity to explore once I was out of high school and looking into college. So I think for me, it was really just being open and it wasn't any one particular piece of advice, but just knowing that I could try anything and do anything just to give it a shot is something I think worth repeating because it really goes true for anyone. You, you have to have the desire to try and the heart to move towards that. The desire to try and the heart to move, that is really cool. To try different things is part of the journey. It's all going towards something that you are supposed to do. And then if it's not the right thing and you move on to something else, that doesn't mean it was a failure. It's part of the journey. It's part of your toolbox, really. I mean, for me, even though I'm not going to be a sculptor, you know, I have no desire to be a sculptor. I have no desire to be a photographer, but I've been in a dark room and I've sculpted before and I've tried it. And now I know that that's something maybe I could do for fun and I can take that with me and use it in other creative ways. So that's how I look at it. You've said that it does take courage and determination and all of the things to found a company. For that person who's sitting out there wondering whether they should or they shouldn't found a company, what advice would you give them? I would say you have to try and, and talk to people. Tell people what you're thinking about and talk to people that aren't necessarily your best friend or your parent, but somebody who can give you some honest feedback and give you some advice. You don't have to spill all your secrets, but you know, say, hey, I'm thinking about this. What do you think about this idea for a company or for a product? I think having some initial feedback can really help clarify your vision. That certainly helped me and helped me stay on track when I was first coming up with the idea for Stereotype and the clothing behind it. That was Elizabeth Bruner, founder of Stereotype. Stereotype offers gender-free fashion for kids because being true to your style should never be limited by gender rules. You can learn more about them by going to stereotypekids.com. I'm Maureen Taylor. Thanks for listening. Series producer is Mike Sullivan. Sound design by Mark Green. Content and scripting by Jacelyn Drown. Production coordinator is Natasha Thomas. Thanks also to Roisin Hunt, Selena Persiani-Shell, Matt Johnson, John Hughes, and Ren Vera. 